What does the O in o'clock stand for? <laughs> Are we rolling? Are we rolling? We're uh, rolling. O'clock. I, I have uh, no it's fucking 12. Clue. I don't know that it stands for. I anything. think it's probably short for like <laughs> of the to. clock, something like that. Oh, I don't 12 know. of the clock. I don't yeah. know what it means, but I don't think it stands for anything. It's not, there's not a word <laughs> that starts with an O there. Maybe it's of the clock. Oh, you think it's obviously? <laughs> what I was thinking, of obviously, like, clock. Uh, yeah, or short for of. Yeah, I guess is what I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's like or like uh, like or o apostrophe er. You know what I mean? Like I think it's some sort of old English Gaelic thing. I bet. Yeah, it's from Middle English of the clock, late t- late fourteenth century. Praise <laughs> <laughs> job. I was, I was going to guess early fourteenth century. So I was <laughs> shout out to job for the support. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back once again, Dabby Road Studios. I'm Allie B. We have Enoch. Howdy. Nathan. Hey. And back from the dead, baby. <laughs> On R.I.P. Matt Phone. Matt Phone has risen. How you feeling, Matt? I feel great. What was it like being dead for so long? I feel like a new man. I'm, I'm here. Brooks and Dunn song, Brand Brand New Man. Born to Love Again. I'm a brand new man. I saw the light I've been... Yeah, we all know it. We'll we'll link to that in the show notes. No big deal. Well, it only took you 10 seconds to talk about Brooks and Dunn. So so it's the same old Matt. So what have you been... (laughs) Same old... Um, What have I been up to? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Went out of town. Brag. Um, I was on... Ooh, I haven't talked to you about this actually. Oh yeah. Did you do Amos's podcast? Uh, no, because Amos got the flu. He alleges. I think uh, a little bit of uh, the Nintendo flu. You know what I mean? Playing games all day. But he uh, <laughs> he. Uh, but we've rescheduled it, and I will eventually be on. Let's review everything. Amos I was on podcast. it. What was yours? What was uh, your review? Uh, chain restaurants. Ooh, mine's gonna be. Well, I won't say it. I'll save it. Condiments. <laughs> okay. It'll be. It'll be condiments. Condies. Should I bleep not, that? Not, not condiments. You should bleep both of those. Chain restaurants. Condiments. <laughs> Chain restaurants has been a big topic lately among our crew. Cecile. I think, yeah, <laughs> there were a couple of like little coincidence moments that happened. Uh, spoiler alert. Doink. The word doink happens within like 30 seconds of me being on his. And the other guy. Oh, so he's trying to steal our shine. The, well, he, the other guy <laughs> didn't know that doink was a, was a word that we use a lot. And he also didn't know that chain restaurants had come up on ours. It was just a funny oh, little thing. Little things that kept happening. <laughs> a ripoff artist. <laughs> no, he's a nice guy. Sounds L- like a scumbag. Tune in. When I don't know when it drops. They said maybe March. Good lord. They're like they. They actually uh, record it. They have them in the. They have them in the can, and they just. So drop they're not them. really like feeling the pulse like we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure that we're better than them. That's all I'm asking. We got to make sure our material is uh, relevant and up to date. Yeah, they're over there talking about like, you know, Ross Perot and Al Gore. The one, got, the one percenters. Yeah. They're still, they're still <laughs> yeah, they're raving about still that. What was that Wall Street thing? What was that? Uh, <laughs> protested. What was it called? The Wall Street thing. I'll tell you one other thing I did. All the pro- <laughs> <laughs> it like was a bunch called, of like, hippies sleeping and like anarchists and sleeping bags. Occupy. 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 Yeah. One percenters, yeah. There you go. Um, Occupy. Another thing I did with another former guest and, and future guest, I was in a competitive eating contest. Wait, future guest? I'm you sure he'll know. be on again. Who was it? Richie Reno. Never again. 
Uh, we had a lot of angry calls from Cleveland, and we had to ban him. We had a wing eating contest with uh, wing dings. What kind of con- like who like won volume? Who it was uh, who could eat the most. It wasn't like a time thing. But was it wasn't like spicy? Who could? Eat? It, the sauce was your choice. I went no sauce. Just I went because that's how I order them anyway. Shout out to Mojo's. We went there. What did he order? He ordered. Well, me and Shane got. We all started with a certain amount. No sauce is how we chose to do it. And Richie was like, I'm doing sauce. And he, I think he just got like buffalo. Like, I forget what he got, but they came out this huge. They were like mild, hot, and insane. I've tried the insane recently. They're very good, but very hot. I don't remember what he got. But uh, but his fink, like, the, the sauce ended up being problematic. And um, anyway, he won. Richie did? He, yeah. Even with the sauce. Mm-hmm. Wow. How uh, many did he eat? The sauce we, is we, the hang on, was it like seven? <laughs> we started off 30 apiece. Damn, that what? was the starting That's point. Yes. How thick is a wing? And he ate. The- <laughs> <laughs> and well, that was How just like, all right, think of a surfboard. And <laughs> and he ate all thirty. We we were like, we didn't get there. He ate all thirty, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> did he eat more? And then ordered a milkshake. And said, and I'd have s- called the cops. And said he could have eaten six. He could. He was like, I could get an order of six right now. It, well, I if he got the hot. And then he needed some milk to like. It was wash like it barbecue or something. It was the, the heat wasn't a factor. Like their, their hot wings are not very hot. It, they just looked insane. Like this mound of thirty wings, sauced and like the steam is rising off them. And ours are just like little tiny chicken legs, basically, <laughs> <laughs> like fried chicken legs. And his just looked way more intimidating. But he was just like going to town. And once he got to like, once I saw how close he was to finishing, and I was so far behind, I just sort of, and I knew how I felt. I just, like shit, I'm I just guessing? I just accepted defeat and stopped punishing my body, and I was like, I'm, I'm tapping See, right if now. He was okay. a, if he was a true competitor, he should have like finished yours as well. Like sure. when people Ooh. like help people yeah. across the line and then track oh. meets. Where they, like, and yeah. Sh- Shane was a, was close enough to him to where he sort of. How many likes, did you eat? Like Straight early twenties, early twenties or low twenties, whatever. Because okay. I, I we when we go there after work, tw- I eat twelve regularly. Like that's the, my standard twelve, and I was like, I could eat. And that's and I and I feel satisfied. I don't feel too full. It's just like what I usually get. And so I was like, I could probably do twenty or more, and I'm gonna feel like shit. But I could do that many. But like it, it's it, it was a whole different zone. And I was looking up tips for how to do this kind of stuff. <laughs> how to competitively eat chicken? Wings? And they were like around like around twenty four hours before you do fast this, eat a huge meal twenty four hours before, so that way you, your body has time to move it. But also, you're you've stretched it out enough in preparation for that thing you're doing. Oh. So I go to PR the day before and eat a shit ton of wings. <laughs> you didn't pick a different food. Nope. <laughs> and then I didn't eat anymore. And then I went, showed up the next day for this thing and eat fucking twenty whatever it was. So for twenty four hours straight, I ate only <laughs> All wings. All you had was wings. And felt like an <laughs> absolute maniac. <laughs> and was- uh, and then, did he prepare it all? No, he's just a, he's just a freak. <laughs> just off the street, thirty wings, bang! Give me a milkshake, deuces. Out. Went to work like two hours later. <laughs> Damn! Shout out uh, to Richie Reno. That's a so, wild ride. So yeah, it was, and I and I went in like me and Shane both thought I was not necessarily going to win, but was going to be second. I came in dead last. Well, and he ate. A, he only ate a few more wings than you, though. It was within a couple of wings, you and Shane. The milkshake, though. I mean, he, I yeah. like, let's say I ate <laughs> 20. drink a whole milkshake anytime. Let's I guess say, it seals oh, it all the, in the together. The number of times that like I've gotten glue. a cookout milkshake and then 
put it in the freezer is almost 100%. Well, like, I'll say this. The number of times I've opened your freezer to see like seven yeah. happy <laughs> cookout milkshakes it's, isn't, isn't it's a lot. It's hard as fuck to get to a whole milkshake. Yeah. yeah, and to do it after 30 wings is unimaginable. Yeah, once I got to like 21, 22, I was just like, I, I can't. I, and I saw that he only had like three left or something, and he was just like, mm, it's like going to town. <laughs> like not even. What's up? <laughs> Um, and I was like, all right, I'm out. And he, and then Shane was maybe, Shane was maybe sitting at like 25 (laughs) and, but he was like, and then Richie was like, I could eat another, like I could eat order. If you eat more, if you catch up with me, I'll, I'm going to order another six and I'm going to eat those. I just, that's, that's so demoralizing as a competitor, as a competitor. If you're just, that's a throwback to our old episode. So anyway, that's what I've been up to. (laughs) I, that's the one that, that's the one that I re-listened to. Oh yeah. It's, it's the computers episode. (laughs) A really hard you, day you that You very day. briefly argued that computers was a word, and Matt valiantly tried to be like, I'm sure I remember I'm, that. I'm sure it's a word. I and he's like, I'm, like, I'm trying to help you, but it's definitely not a word. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> what have y'all been up to? What have I missed? I haven't been here in a while. Well, let's see. We've got, um, well, you, the big the thing place you looks great. Are, uh, not our, my nemesis, Walt Lilly, has been on the pod. That's the big thing. He's entered Debbie Road. He's entered Debbie Road. And, uh, did he piss on everything or what? Or was it a civil interaction? Well, he did want he he due to his pants out of protest. It was one of those things. But uh, we it, he chained himself to the pop filter and <laughs> sat in his own shit. Oh my god! Disgusting. <laughs> also, that the pop filter is what kept him there. <laughs> like. What's the what's the lightest thing in the room? I'm gonna chain myself to. Damn that damn! What is it? What's that? What is it? She drank white chestnut. Not white chestnut lit you Shout up. Out. Oh, we it's should get sponsored the, by white chestnut. Miller Lite oh, first, yeah. and then white chestnut. We tend to go yeah. through more Miller Lite than white chestnut. I would love to be sponsored. I'm gonna, speaking of which, I'm gonna grab a beer. Or we can do like Speak a Pete Holmes style, like see, like like we're not sponsored by this. We just want to get the word out. <laughs> white chestnut. <laughs> It will change your life. <laughs> it's gonna trip you up. Trip you up, in trip you way. out, baby. <laughs> what have you been up to, Allie? You just got back into town. Coming in hot, fresh off uh, forty east today. That's right. That's right. The tires were screeching. We were <clears throat> coming down the highway, um, barreling through with our car full of like, uh, you know, gear. M- mostly gear. <laughs> All gear. What'd you listen to? That's the real question. Uh, nice Price Podcast. Uh, yeah, a little bit of Song Exploder. How was your, how uh, Phoenix, was your show last night? We listened night? to a Phoenix Song Exploder, and the, he was trying to like talk about this line that he has that's really just like very clearly a sex fantasy, but he was like, yuck, trying to make it seem really artful and well, like meaningful, French. and it was just like the, I, I listened to that gross, one too, dude. Well, yeah, did he? So I was going to listen to that one again because I was thinking about a. Uh, he mentions that they have a keyboard that he uses live where he samples every sound from all of his other keyboards. Oh, I, I don't think I got through the pod because I was frustrated by him. Damn, seven um, minute long podcast. Gotta press on. Um, the shows were great. Thanks for asking. Who'd you play with? Uh, this band called Lamelda, who you may have heard from episode three. I of think? the Nice Price podcast. Yeah. Their album Thanks, THX, we talked about. Yeah. So they're touring on it right now. And that now. was at Neptune's, correct? They came through Neptune's two nights ago and the last night, Asheville Mothlight last night. Well, for the listener, a few nights, several several nights ago. Oh, that's right. A couple weeks ago. Who knows when this will come out? 
This is probably July. <laughs> well, it's hot as hell outside. Uh, swimming pools are full. So, Nathan, you've been on the pod before. Yep. You were here for the... Uh, well, you did a previous episode where we talked about Cirque Desir. And you also were on the last episode of the uh, year-end extravaganza. Has anything happened in your life since then that the listener needs to know about? Oh. Um, Zesty Silver Juice set. <clears throat> that's right. Yeah, we did. Which and one it, with were Ali you? B. Were you nasty son of a bitch? I was. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I guess I was in the set. I would be William Tyler is how I ended up being. Spencer was sort of Malcolmus by the end sort of it. Of. And then Allie you were was Cassie. Cassie and Kev was David. And I was some no-name schmuck behind the drums. <laughs> Ouch. To the real guy who's probably listening. <laughs> He's not a schmuck. I just don't know his name. Uh, a lot of people said it was the best set of the cover-up. Um, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Like Are you just of, saying that? No, I got, no, no. One, one guy did come up and say Silver Juice was his favorite band of all time. Whoa. Which I first thought, ooh, he's going to be extra critical of us, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but he but, like he just loved the fact that someone did it. I think that anybody that loves Silver Juice is just so surprised whenever yeah. you run into another fan of Silver Juice that you're just like, oh fuck yeah! Like you just yeah. get really excited. There was one dude who um, who had seen them before. Shout out to Mike Wallace, who I, who I met backstage. No big deal, I was backstage, and he Parker, was Parker had seen them before. Nathan's seen them before. Silver Juice. Oh shit! Oh no! Oh well, maybe he made it. It was like, oh, dude, I was at the Cradle in '97 when they played. He was talking yeah. about like what, and he was like, "This was just like that." <laughs> and he, he was in the Mike Minutemen. was amped. Mike was amped. He was the lead singer from the Minutemen. That guy. Oh yeah, that guy. That guy was cool. I was just chatting he with said him. That he's the one that said he had written a 33 and a third. Oh shit! Which one? I don't know. He said Bring I asked back? him, and then he told me I was like, I don't know if I know that album. And then he was like, It's the lowest selling 33 and a third of all time. <laughs> Uh, hmm. We gotta get it for the was store. Was the Baja Men? <laughs> <laughs> was that our was that our senior song in high school? <laughs> no, our senior song was the um, the 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 Green Day ballad. Was, no, that was the prom song. That wasn't. There's two different things. Oh shit! My our, our senior song at Southern Ash Senior High was. Oh no, ours was Roll Out by Ludacris. Oh, that's right. See, a guy. <laughs> uh, actually, let's pause. Can we get a snippet of Roll Out by Ludacris? <laughs> and imagine Absolutely. at this moment you are. Um, a very cool and very well adjusted and easy to be around 18 year old Enoch Marchant at South High School. Shout out to the Bull- Good Bulldogs 2002. And um, this is uh, Rollout by Ludacris. All right, we're back. Christopher Bridges. AKA Ludacristopher. Ours was Green Day Time of Your Life, only by default because. A guy, a guy got caught tight, uh, writing out roll, roll out over and over again and, <laughs> and putting it in the box. So they tried. they they uh, canceled that song and said it was disqualified. And the next, the most, no. the, the second most uh, votes were uh, Green Day, Time of Your Life. Even though that song was kind of old at the time, it yeah. was just the default thing that was used for a lot of things like. Well, that. Well, it was yeah, used for every time um, a teenager either graduated or died in a car crash. That's what I remember. Or, like, that before, met, her, met a girlfriend. Okay, buzzkill. Yeah. Or, like, it was used for every possible moment. I remember at, uh, before prom, they played it in Homeroom, a video, like a 20-minute video that was just, like, like a super cut of, like, horrible car accidents yeah. with that song playing. And, uh, and then they I remember thinking, like, I'm definitely still going to drink tonight and get faded as what? Like, it's cool. not deterring me in any way. <laughs> Nathan thought it was. If anything, funny. I'm gonna pour one out for him, man. <laughs> Nathan pulled out one more. And tried to record the video because he thought it was funny. 
He's like, this is gonna, go, gonna be killer on E-Bombs World later, dudes. Oh, shout out God. to E-Bombs World. Shout out to e -bombs, shout out to Enoch Bombs World. Um, so, uh, now that we've got the chit-chat over, we're here for the part that everybody wants to hear, which is us talking about music. They've been banging down the doors here at They're saying, What does Matt Phone have to tell us? Um, well... What do you have to talk to us about? I was going to talk about the Holly Cook record out. Now, is it Cook or Kook? <laughs> she might be a Kook. She might be a silly bean. You look like a cuckoo, but, uh, <laughs> but her last name is Cook. Um, and she has a new album out on Merge Records. Is this new or first? I think it's her second or third album. Okay. First on Merge for sure. Mm hmm. Um, and first I had really ever heard local local heroes merge records and self-proclaimed tropical pop okay. I would call it reggae well the the <laughs> Apple music description was sensual reggae that hits the spot and I was wondering I if that's agree with Apple, all of that that's if that's an Apple music description if that's somebody a merge record type that out and send it to Apple Sounds like it's a specific someone whose spot was hit by this record and they <laughs> hey yeah, odd far too personal I didn't send it but I agree with it it hits the spot. I mean, I knew the. For, I should say that this is pretty up my alley, anyway. <laughs> right up your alley in your spot. Um, come on, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> this is a professional, professional podcast. Um, it's just a in these cold, uh, brisk North Car North times. Carolina day. <laughs> I meant weather. Oops, But sure, social landscape, yeah. outdoor climate, and political climate. Uh, both bone chilling uh, in their own ways. This is a sort of breezy, beautiful little bit of summertime escapism. I don't know. Uh, it's again, this is very in my wheelhouse. Uh, I would, and if you want to play a snippet, are we playing a song from this? We're gonna play a tune. Okay. The title track "Vessel of Love" is is a good vessel of love. Vessel of love is the name of the record, and the title track is. My favorite. Um, when we talk about yeah. reggae and tropical pop, as far as instrumentation, trop pop, trop pop, or even just trop, it sounds like. Um, when we get to like instrumentation wise, what are we talking? Are we are there live drums? Or are we talking beats? Are there live drums, steel uh, drums, even or no? Not that far. There might be some on the record for aesthetic. I doubt she would have any on her live setup. I've never I've never looked up any like. Uh, live footage or anything. She's coming to Motorco in March. Okay. Uh, you going? Speaking of live performances, I might. It's on a night that I know that I'm off work, and DJ Bugspray is opening. Do you know who that I'm is? I'm not familiar with him or her. Uh, Mac. Ah. DJ mm. Bugspray. A.K.A. Mac McGon, A.K.A. Leasing of Super Chunk, and CEO of Merge Records. Co-founder <laughs> of Merge Records. Uh, Kaniac. Known Kaniac. Uh, I would suggest DJ Kaniac, in fact, is the name. <laughs> But uh, that's all it's billed as is DJ Bugspray, Holly Cook, and little couple little bits of Tid. Her dad, or no, I'll, I'll start with her mom. Her mom was a member of the Culture Club at one point. Very cool. And her dad was the drummer of the Sex Pistols. Huh. So which of those do you think is cooler? Hang on. One, two, three. We'll say it at the same time. Say which band do you cooler? think is cooler on the count of three. One. I don't want to do this. I'll have three. to think about who I think is cooler. Yeah, all right. Think about it and figure it out. Okay. On I'm the count of three. One, two, three. Culture Club. Okay, That's, you didn't say it. <laughs> okay, so I, you think that Culture Club is cooler than the Sex Pistols. They, 
The Sex Pistols have a show in Manchester that basically started the entire 70s and 80s of music with like Morrissey, like The Fall, um, Joy Division. All that shit was from like one Sex Pistols show. That immediately makes it way cooler. You know who I think is sort of a cooler? You're talking about other bands. You know who I think is a cooler band? (sighs) The Slits, of which she was a member. A later era of it. I mean, Holly yeah. Cook, not her parents. So Holly Cook was in the was slits. like an early two thousands member of like a form of the Slits. Interesting when singer, saw, singer, yeah. front woman. When I saw Holly Cook, I don't know why I thought and Merge. I thought it was going to sound like more like the. I thought it was going to be like a Michael Cronin record or something like that. Like I, huh. and yeah, I when I, I heard expect, it, it was reggae. It blew my fucking mind. I didn't I could expect not believe to like it. this for the sort of the same reasons. But it was before I read a description of any of the music. I just was like, oh, this, and, and the cover art is. Kind of neat looking, but it's also very uh, kind of whimsical. It's, it's, yeah, it's sort of a cartoon. It's an il- cartoon sort of illustration. It, and I wouldn't have, you wouldn't guess. Cartoon, not in a negative way, just a descriptive way. <laughs> I know that the covers don't look like that in classic Wait. reggae and dub music. Well, and the, but this does make more sense now because Mac is a head. He's a, he's a dub sure. head. He's a, a reggae dude. Yeah, evidenced by the song Me and You and Jackie Matu from the album I Hate Music by Super Chunk. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so when I guess you, so you think it is a reggae record? It's definitely a reggae record. Is this what, based sonically or like mm-hmm. uh, what's the words? Not lyrically, but like um, thematically. I mean, a lot of like some of the vocals ble- are more R and B, I guess, but a lot of reggae that I like, like a lot of the reggae I like. If you just took the instrumentation out, they're just sensual. As Nathan said, soulful R and B vocals when it boils down to it. Yeah, um, well, yeah. I mean, it's essentially so gospel it's, music just from another country. Um, it's just I'm, for the listener. I'm trying to put them in the right place. What's every a lot of the songs? Maybe the majority of them start off with a classic, but bum 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 Like it's a, it sounds like reggae <laughs> right, right off the bat. See, the reason I can't always, I just have never been able to get into reggae all the way is I think I was I, maybe you have the same thing I was like too into Sublime at like a young I was, age so I was never a Sublime dude really I, I, I knew the hits on the radio see I was but like I was, I, Santeria um, what I've got I was like bad enough that like I was like convinced yourself that Robin the Hood that is the best was good... album I mean shout out to one of our uh, uh, friend of the pod Curly who swears by 40 Ounces to Freedom as one of the best albums ever made and a, it is a good one. We we discuss one of the best. Al- you didn't miss here. One of the best <laughs> albums ever made is what this person says. Um, but part of what we, and this is a thing for another pod, really. But uh, the jealousy you have of your younger self for how much you loved albums because you don't have that same love at this age anymore. So even though maybe Forty Ounces of Freedom is the best record you've ever heard anymore. You'll never love a record the way he loved that one, and I'll never love a record the way I loved certain other things when I was younger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's for another pod. And I bet you sort of feel this way when it comes to country music, Enoch. Mm-hmm. Since I do it's love good. since I do love reggae so much, and it's a style you don't it's rare that you hear of a modern reggae record that will really like flip your lid. Yes. And so when one does it's just that much more exciting. It's like, fret, like, oh my god, this is a fresh sounding, new, current reggae record. Hundred percent, yeah. And that, so, and that—that's always just makes it more enjoyable. See, I, I need to listen to this album more because I only listened to it 
a couple times, and it still just sort of sounded like like I, I think I just still have so much shame from loving Sublime so much as a kid. And, it and takes it, a long time for me to get into reggae, and that's why I made it a point to acknowledge that this definitely is a, is a, just my thing. Like, so you might it might not be you you might not like it that much, <laughs> uh, but I think it's a really well done. Well, uh, listener, don't worry, you get to decide for yourself because yeah. we're gonna play you a tune later. Which one are we gonna play? Title track. Title track. Vessel of love. Vessel of love. You'll hear that later on. Um, but uh, since Nathan won't stop talking about Sublime, I'm assuming we're, you're going to review a Sublime record this week? I could. if you Just off the cuff, if you need me to. Let's save that for another pod that we'll record. And, <laughs> I need you to. And we'll put it into a time capsule. <laughs> and what world would we Shoot to the moon. To? <laughs> what horrible ransom situation would that be? <laughs> <laughs> Change to the pop filter. Yeah, all you, all, all, all you hear is a uh, voice changer. We have your family. We need you to tell us what you think about 40 ounces of freedom. <laughs> I can't decide if I would uh, rather be forced to listen to the album 40 ounces of freedom or Nathan review the album 40 ounces of freedom. <laughs> we have your family. A, a track by track. Uh, all right, so this one's actually a dead cover. Um, <laughs> God. <sighs> Claims to not be a fan. Knows the songs. <laughs> I know they a lot ins- of things. They were inescapable like. at one point in your life. Whether, so, whether Nathan, or not you liked it or not. You're not going to talk about Sublime, despite the fact that's what all the listeners want to hear. But what are you going to talk about this week? No, um, The No Age album, Snares Like a Haircut, which they just put out on Drag City. Oh, oh. Um, their first one on Drag City. Shout out to Drag City. And um, I was reading about this, and we were talking in the store when I, when I got the record that mm-hmm. we were thinking that maybe they sent it to Drag City. Actually... And I saw that it was the reverse, that Drag City, they came out and talked to Drag City, decided they are going to do a record together, and then did the songs. Oh, okay, they so. did. So, yeah, we weren't sure. A, a band of this age has been around this long. Of this no age? <laughs> oh, boy. And of, and of that stature as well. Like They're in the position where they can just make their own record, produce their own record, record their own record, and then send it to labels and say, hey, is this something you might be interested in? And we weren't sure what came first or what came second, but it appears that they did go to, to Drag City and agreed to... Because Drag City is in the upper echelon of record labels in the world, probably. Sure, but they're coming from one that's even more so. Right. Who has a record store in the Seattle airport. Correct. Named Sub Pop. Sub Pop Records. <laughs> uh, but it was interesting because their last record um, wasn't as well received as the one before that, both commercially and critically. And then they didn't put out a record for five years? Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah, no, it was It five seemed years. like it had been a hot yeah. minute. And we didn't know if like that was a mutual decision. It was just like curious. Like, where'd Jack they go? City, and now yeah. here they are out of nowhere. And they're on Merge. Um, I mean, excuse me, uh, Drag City. And it was sort of like, did they go to Drag City? Like, what was the process? It was just curious to see. But so they went. They, so they went to Drag City, and I think that they felt like it was a better home for them, which actually sort of makes sense if, if you listen to the record, thinking like of Drag City albums. I was going to ask what what y'all thought some of the fundamental differences <laughs> between those two labels were, and if you and if it affected how this sounds, why, like why is that? I don't think the album would sound any different, but. Yeah, Cover I think that it makes different. more sense. I don't know why it like fits better in my brain as a Drag City record than when it's a sub pop. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, I know that they're different, but I don't know exactly. I don't exactly know how to verb, Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, they, the five year. I was reading that um, they said the five year break was just like they a in family. Prison? They both had kids. Same. Okay. Same as prison. <laughs> Got it. Like but, it. Uh, you hear so that, th- listeners? <laughs> uh, hear that, listeners? Please, like fatherhood to imprisonment. My children, ten years from now, listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, it's it's definitely a little more straightforward than their past records. There's not so much like 
they always had the, like a lot of like noise feedback type. Noise. And uh, this is kind of like, it's a more straightforward album in a lot of ways. I thought production, I, I will say surprisingly, the production, I don't want to say, it, it sounds almost cleaner to me than the previous one. I think, maybe. I don't know that Do we want that? It's recorded. I don't know Maybe I'm thinking about the previous one, actually. Maybe I was thinking more nouns. And I think that's not more hi-fi necessarily. I think that they've always been kind of the same fidelity. I think that's just like a cleaned up mix, less feedback okay. and less like crazy shit going less on. Like they'll noise. do like loops and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they've always, I actually, I went back and listened so just to- just less elements. Fatherhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't- Listen, a little I, less noise now. <laughs> just a little cleaned up almost, but uh, yeah. still aggressive and- um. Yeah, I went back and listened to the Weirdo Rippers and the Nouns album. And I love Weirdo Rippers. That shit is still really good. But if you listen to it back to back, that has a bunch of weird shit going on, like the just like weird drones and loops and shit that this record doesn't really have. But song, but the band, it's still a no age record, correct? Definitely, okay, definitely. And it's it is sort of we were talking about it before. You mentioned uh, Japan Droids comparison, mm-hmm. and it sort of is this. It's like almost if Japan Droids listen to Sonic Youth and Nirvana instead of whatever emo bands they listen to. You know? Okay. Like, that's yeah. that's kind of what I would think. It's from a, a slightly different tree, but the same type of vibe. So if you are, if there's a listener who has not heard No Age, um, and we'll say, we'll also for the sake, since you already said Japan Droids, no Japan Droids, what is a band, like a, a, a semi-popular band that they might have heard of that is a, you know, a recommended if you like situation? Nirvana Sonic Youth. I mean, okay. I was gonna say, I mean, is it? Would you go to that level, or is yeah? It, I think that that's. I, I mean, I'm trying to think of no, no age what person that. wouldn't know would no age. No that age. was yeah. that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I guess I'm saying so. Like, if you like, you know, Nirvana Sonic Youth, you should check out this No Age record. That's what I'm searching. I think that's for that. a fair comparison. Okay. And um, yeah, because they're still kind of punk a little bit. Like, there's definitely or even like punk vibes. But yeah, it's in the same way that Nirvana like, or Melvin's. It's yeah. just like yeah, we just want to rip. But we also want to, like we're throwing some weird things in here and there. But essentially, they're just like these wild rock songs. Yeah, and they have the like the prices printed on the uh, album sleeve for this one. I like to point out that A I believe the nice price move. price was lower That's than true. the printed Drag yeah. City price. <laughs> and uh, just a reminder, everyone: if you like this No Age record or that Holly Cook record, you can pick both of those up at Nice Price Books and Records, thirty one oh six Hillsborough Street, Raleigh, North Carolina, two seven six zero seven. Mm, still got it. Still got it, baby. <laughs> um, still so, got it um, after all these years. Do you? Uh, it's early to rank. Is this your favorite album, 2018? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I, see, I don't know if that's fair because I've of listened the 29 to 29 days. Like one weekend. It's it's. I like it a lot. Um, 31 days. But Excuse I've also gotten back then. into my main job, which is booking the festival. Right. I have been listening to Nathan so much Coachella. fucking music. Nathan books Coachella, and he's also the one who does all those donations that you read about in the news. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, sorry about that. Go ahead, Nathan. Uh, but I've, I have been listening to... I, it's all kind of... I couldn't couldn't rank records right now. I, really I know. I have a favorite song well, of the year so That was far. a good goof I was making. What's your favorite song of the year? Uh, Dunks by Ed Schrader's Music Beat. Oh, that song is good. Uh, <laughs> listeners, you're, I'm going to make some magic happen, and you're going to be in for a treat when it comes to Ed Schrader, t- when it comes time for us to talk about the Ed Schrader record. Just strap in. Strap in. I don't even know. And, and just be ready, because we're going to do some stuff. I have a feeling it's going to tie into a Dinwiddie's show coming up. Is it? Spoiler alert. We're playing with Ed Schrader. Does, has this been announced? Is it, are we breaking yeah, it's news? Announced. It's announced. It's announced. Really? It's on Facebook and stuff. A couple Man, weeks ago, right. so by the time this comes out, it'll be about a oh, month shit, old. I yeah, it'll be, when is it? It'll be coming up real soon by the time this comes out. <laughs> when so is it? Get ready. It's uh, March 4th, a couple days after the record. Okay, the record's March 2nd. Yeah. 
Okay. Cool. So, yeah. It's cool stuff. Jen Witty's Convoy at Trader's Music Beat, King's mm. Barcade. That's I'm playing. <laughs> so good. Hot bills. I might be Hot playing bills. with uh, Convoy. Me and Dave Mueller might be mm. playing with Convoy for that one, too. Y'all are doing yeah, that soon, Sean right? We'll see. That. I haven't actually they announced practiced it. with them. Yeah, they announced it. I haven't yeah. played any music. I was <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know if it's going to sound good or like if I'm going to be able to fit into the band, but... You get you get both a friend request and an announcement that you're in a band the same day. <laughs> yeah, Tagged in a and Facebook this guy asked me to be his friend and said I'm in his band. <laughs> All right, um, it's gonna be good. So we're gonna we're gonna do a, a, a the normal transition was tropical pop, the trap pop, trap pop to no age, uh, and now we're gonna go towards uh, I guess it's country music. Um, well, do you think John Prine counts as country music, Matt? I do okay there are other genres that, there are other folk, genres there's folk there's country there's the dreaded americana well he's got a rock and he's got like a rock band sometimes like and he's got a rock honky tonks but is I, mean, really I mean dreaded? but see does it count as honky tonk if you have no pedal steel that's that's it's an become, argument a lot of people it's make. become dreaded okay it has become dreaded because now it it's, means like an outfit you wear oh or, okay <laughs> sure yeah I, I get what you're saying it's uh it's country it's driven rock honky tonk whatever you want to call what it. he is is a I fucking think, badass. Yeah, American I, I treasure. Think everyone agrees one of the best songwriters <laughs> in the history of America. Um, we're talking about John. Pry- are we? I'm talking about John Prine this week because there are two records of his reissued. Uh, his second album, Diamonds in the Rough, and his third album, Sweet Revenge. They had previously issued his first one. His Master- on the short list of best debut albums of all time. Uh, masterpiece. Uh, it is a. Uh, they're gonna. If they haven't already, put it in the capsule and shoot it in space. A capsule. So that aliens can listen to it. Um, and they'll be like, oh, man, the Vietnam War was rough. That's what the aliens will think immediately upon listening to the first Well, he's Korean War, record. right? He was stationed in Europe during the Vietnam War. Mm. So John Prine, he is um, one of the... the, uh, the He is the rare um, living, still working and touring people who has written what are now considered like standards, you know? Like, he has several songs that are part of the canon of country and folk music in America that people cover a lot that end up on other records that are just considered, you know, those, like, old songs you've heard a million times, but they're actually songs he wrote not really that long ago, which I think is a pretty cool thing. And he, uh, I'm trying to think what's his biggest hit, if he has a hit. Um, oh, so- uh, Paradise. As a, it's a duet, probably. Uh, Angel, Angel from Montgomery gets oh, yeah. cited a Angel lot. Angel from Montgomery, is also, that was also famously covered by Bonnie Raitt, I believe. But, he gets covered a lot. It's how but now a lot of people know the Iris Dement uh, duet. Yes, yeah. in spite of ourselves, mm-hmm. which is a great song. And that album's amazing, too. But, um, I mean, he's John Prine. I don't, uh, if you don't know who he is. As far um, as legacy goes, Sam Stone would be one, like one that he's most... Perhaps. Illegal Smile, maybe, as a sort of... That's my favorite one, but it's sort of a sillier one. Um, well, also, I did this is something I did not know. So the song um, "You Never Even Call Me by My Name" by David Allen Coe, you're, we've all heard. In the song, he mentions my friend Steve Goodman wrote this song, and blah blah blah. It turns out Steve Goodman and John Prine wrote it together. John Prine thought it was a joke and never attached songwriting credit, <laughs> and then it became a huge hit. And Steve Goodman made a lot of money. <sighs> and Steve Goodman, as a present, bought him a jukebox. I was like, hey, thanks for. Right. I know you co-wrote this song. You know, sorry. <laughs> Um, but they were like good buddies and worked together until Steve Goodman's death, mm. and so it was. Uh, it wasn't. It was no beef, but just an interesting little factoid. Um, but he's sort of. He's in that. Like I said, it's folk, it's country, it's in that range. But these two records particularly are very different. They're second, and third. He made them seventy-two and seventy-three respectively. But 
the second one, Diamonds in the Rough, is more of a closer to bluegrass than anything, instrumentation wise. Um He's got a lot of uh a lot of fiddle, there's a lot of those sort of high harmonies and he was attempting to write sort of those kind of um Hank even though Hank Williams is country not bluegrass, those kind of songs. Does that make sense? Like uh what's the song? Oh, he said it specifically about um I yeah, uh, I guess they'll have to name a uh, a drink after you. Such a dope song. Great song. Um also it doesn't have a chorus. I love a song without a chorus. And particularly <laughs> that, that formula. Kill a, the I, kill the chorus. Yeah. Kill the chorus. And particularly Damn. it's it's getting more Fuck and more popular Hot in take. <laughs> uh Death to kill the, the Chorus, chorus two thousand eighteen. LAB. Allie wearing a t shirt, Death to the Chorus, no more choruses. <laughs> Our chorus is slashed through it. Um but uh, it's getting more and more popular in rap music, which I'm starting to. I'm kind of vibing on that. The the no chorus or so like the, the, the like mixtape. The mix yeah, it's just a yeah. It's like the verse, 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 it's like verse, 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 bars, bars, bars. But there is that like consistent melody. Kodak Black does it a lot. Um, that sort of thing where he never really has a chorus, but every verse is in the same hooky melody. So it's kind of like everything's a chorus. Cardi B. Yeah, well, I mean, same flow. Very. Well, I mean. Anyway. Um, There's a huge hook to that song, though. Yeah, that's not true. Th- I mean, that song. She has more than one song. <laughs> but he. Uh, so anyway, Kodak Black is sort of like John Prine. Yeah, Kodak Black and John Prine, they did a duet <laughs> together. Um, but uh, so Prine, he's the thing storytelling it, within his songs. He's sort of the thing that I, I when it comes to songwriting that I, that attracts me the most. These little vignettes where he tells this, where you get to know people and characters in these sort of songs. He does that really well. Uh, Bob Dylan. It's a very famous quote when talking about John Prine, but said that he did Midwestern mind trips to the nth degree, because it's a mix of these like rooted in like very specific details about human beings, but with sometimes odd stream of consciousness wordplay and word choices that kind of don't make that are and minimal to a degree. Yeah, and but very trippy sometimes because he creates saying a lot with a few words. He there's more than one song which the main character of the song very literally bumps into and meets Jesus Christ in person, like these sort (laughs) of like like out of like. Out of like bizarre, out of nowhere images, but mixed with a guy, you know, living a very real life that he does very well. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Barry Hanna. If you've ever, I don't know if there's a lot of short story fans in the house tonight, but uh, Barry Hanna is a very famous writer from Mississippi who is one of those um, every writer loves him. Y'all know what I mean? Yeah, like he's a writer, 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 writer's writer. writer his favorite writer's writer, favorite writer. Donna Tart. You may be familiar <laughs> with Donna Tart. She wrote the Goldfinch. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a she. Barry Hanna was her uh, like mentor and professor in college. Um, anyway, he's a great writer. Um, but he, the big thing with his songs and these two records in particular, are humor and then like sentimentality and cynicism. Like he, they're funny. Like Dear Abby, you familiar with the song Dear Abby, Matt Stone? I believe you are. Am I familiar with it? Yeah. Yes. Dear Abby, Dear Abby. And it's it's the song is written as a... Because uh, that was a little thing in the paper. Yes. It was like the, the Dear Abby letters. Dear Abby, my husband's a jerk, blah, blah, blah. And, and the responses. And on the record, it, this is on the, the second album that we're talking about, Sweet Revenge. He actually uses the live version he, he recorded. I was about to say it's live, right? Yeah. He said that he couldn't... He could never quite get it right in the studio. Um but that so he ended up with the live version because that's sort of a call and response. Also, has a very famous John Prine line of uh, "My wife hollers at me and my kids are all freaks." 
<laughs> which is uh, well done. And it's it's funny hearing the audience like laugh. Yeah. At, at we'll give you a snippet of um of it right here. Dear Abby, dear Abby, my fountain pen leaks. My wife hollers at me, and my kids are all freaks. Every side I get up on is the wrong side of bed. If it weren't so expensive, I'd wish I were dead. And the, so, of these records, the second one, "Diamonds in the Rough," is the I would say the one of the least well known of his early stuff. Am I crazy? I guess so. Um, I, like, I've never listened to it, and I listen to a lot of John Prine. Right, so it's sort of past because the first one is the is the first one, and then "Sweet Revenge" is a full band record. It, that record could be you know John Prine and the So and Sos, or could be just a band name. Like it, it is such a full band effort. He has backup singers. It's more of a there's some soul stuff going on. I guess you're right. I've just never thought of it that way. I just think of them as a one big chunk. Of yeah, the, and I just love so many of the bangers on that one. Uh, same. So He's it's never made like, a bad it's record. Just like one um, to me. And it has a lot of what are now considered classics, but I, I think the whole record, in a way, is sort of overlooked, I guess. Um, it looks like a live record. He's, like, singing into a mic on the cover. It's like, yeah. red stage lighting. Yeah, for sure. And it, honestly, I think part of it might be that it was it didn't sell particularly well upon its release, and so maybe there's just fewer copies floating around. Right. And just not... Also, he made the entire record for $7,200, including beer. <laughs> they make it a point to say made a point that. to say including beer, which I wonder how much of the budget that might have been. Yeah. Um, I would I would guess they, they drink a few if they if they made it a point to say yeah. just a couple. <laughs> I think it might be five o'clock everywhere with John Prine's recording. Um, but he uh, and another odd tidbit for the Prine heads out there who are listening: uh, two of the first three songs he ever wrote and recorded ever are on this record: "Frying Pan" and "Sour Grapes." "Frying Pan" is a great song. Um, his girlfriend, who became his first wife, her dad was a janitor at a I believe a university and had access to it after hours and they had a reel to reel in one of the in like the English department or wow. some sort of recording reel to reel and he was able to access that, recorded these three songs, completely forgot about them, got signed, made his first record, married that woman, and then she later found the tape with those three songs on it and he took those two songs and put them on this record. Wow. So but it was what two of basically the first two story. songs he ever wrote, which I'm not a songwriter. I'm gonna guess that the first two songs that most people write probably aren't good enough to go on your on your on records, let alone be good ones on your records, or to or let alone to bring back for LP two. <laughs> yeah, like um, what well, you hear? They might not the, even make your first record with people like John Prine who have a specific voice. I feel like a lot of the times they do come out just like magically fully formed, and that's like uh, probably I would guess that like Johnny Cash's first song was pretty like when you're talking about, like the legends of it, like or like that's a testament to there's their, a thing their with genius, like uh, I guess yeah. Jeff Tweedy has like his first song uh, was like an Uncle Tupelo song that's pretty. I'm just talking about people who like came out with their sort own of, kind of style. And, like, like Jeff but um, <laughs> no, and, yeah, uh, I think you're probably right. Yeah, like he 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 is a singular voice, uh, literally vocally, and then also. Um, the 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 way he writes, which is funny because he is covered so frequently, and yet to me, I'm like, oh, he, he's the only one who could possibly sing these songs, and then every schmo in the world sings them. But um, <laughs> uh, he he just oh, and underrated thing about Diamonds in the Rough, the play order is like perfect. I know that seems like a stupid thing, but it's perfect as far as the flow of the record. 10 out of 10, 10.0 out of 10.0. I, I think say. about that a lot with the albums, and sometimes I will go in and make my own playlist and cut. And, and re- redo it? Yeah. yeah, I do that a lot with records because it drives me fucking insane when it doesn't See, flow right. For me, yeah, I, I, I can't stand it when you don't close out a record with a banger. And that's Diamond in the Rough. And then he went on to Sweet Revenge, 
with the aforementioned Dear Abby, and it has the song Sweet Revenge, which is, a, I guess, a hit of his in the in his catalog, maybe. Um, but it's also a weird... He's This is the one, if you've maybe seen it, blue cover, he's sitting back, legs crossed, in the, in the seat of his 59 Porsche, which is the first thing, expensive thing he bought himself after he signed his record deal. And he, like, got some money. He bought that Porsche. That's the most hillbilly shit ever. You buy your car and then immediately make it your album cover. <laughs> and also, um, <laughs> like, it's the only album cover like that. Like, if you look at the rest of his album covers, like, it's like him sitting next to, like, Bale of Hay, blah, blah, almost, blah. Almost not even print. great album cover. Like, his covers There's a couple of bad that. ones, in fact. <laughs> but um, that one looks very cool and, like, has a, like a It also has uh, Christmas it. in Prison, which is a, has become a live classic of his. Um and also, I found out that he is a Christmas fanatic, and that when he was single, he kept a Christmas tree up in his house all year round. Huh? Which that's fucking tight. I had never heard that, but I so, love that. So do I. And it speaks to like he is a very sentimental person. Like his songs, like it, not they're not cheesy, but like he is a they sentimental. Border on they that. borderline sometimes. I mean, he he runs the the. Where he uses bizarre wordplay and then sometimes just you know uses very almost too direct language, but when I, that makes perfect sense when you find out he's the kind of guy who just wants a Christmas tree around for all year. How round. long can you keep a Christmas tree alive in like a Chicago apartment if you water it? Oh, you think so? Look, if you're living in Maywood, Illinois, and you keep watering that tree, <laughs> <laughs> um, but now it's in Nashville. But uh, also speaking of things he has in his house, a mounted goldfish. I found out because he had a he had a fish tank. Uh, there was a power outage that led to the the heater on the fish tank going out, mm. and the fish died. And he had a goldfish that he had fed and pumped up to over a pound and a half with a pretty big goldfish. And he realized he a didn't pound and a half. Is that that seems enormous for a goldfish? That it is, is. It's gigantic. <laughs> and so he That's he was like enough amount. He died. He felt bad about it, so he took it. He said he took it to uh, a taxidermist, and he felt weird, so he lied and told him that, like, I mean, my kids just love this thing. Like, I want to keep it around. And he, it was really for him. Didn't have any kids yet. And, to- <laughs> so, and so they they mounted this goldfish for him, and it's uh, it's still in his house. Um, <laughs> Make that an album cover. Ought to. Yeah. Make a tribute record to the goldfish, but put a I normal said, goldfish next to it for a comparison of size. But yeah, these. Uh, it, it, it's sort of hard to describe him without it sounding corny, um, but I try not to use the word genius too much. John Prine's a genius. Um, he writes amazing songs. American Treasure. They're also good. He's a very funny um, person, uh, and his songs are amazing. And so we, I will. Uh, I don't think I'll do a playlist. That might be too hard for me to cut down, to be honest. But we'll certainly. I think you do one. Let's do it. We'll do one. All right, we're going to do a John Prime playlist. We'll link it in the show notes um, so you can get started. You didn't have that many records. Oh, and I need to give a shout-out to my stepdad, Michael, who was one who introduced me to John Prime when I was a kid when he bought the, uh, I believe it was Lost Dogs and Mixed Blessings CD. And then he actually took me to see him live when I was in high school, and I was a pretty shitty teenager. And I, like, sat there, scowled, and pretended to be bored the whole time because I, like, didn't want to go, and I was mad. Um, But then I went and saw him later on with Rachel, and it was... Just like a year or two ago, right? Yeah, that ruled. The other one was in like 2000, probably. And I wasn't I wasn't aware enough to understand what I was seeing. Um, but he's also odd. Now he's an odd-looking person due to uh, he had neck cancer, throat cancer. Maybe it was neck cancer. And they had to remove part of his neck. And so his head droops in an odd way permanently. Right. Um, and it made his voice more gravelly, which uh, adds something 
he can't hit all the notes that he used to hit, but it actually does add a quality that I find um, charming. Yes. Um, but he's still out there playing. He's seventy. He put out another duets record uh, last year, I guess, and he might do. Uh, I think he's working on a new record of his own, like a new solo record. Wow! Can't wait to hear it. He's the best. He's John Prine. He rules. A lot of those old guys, you don't. You sort of keep up with what they're doing, I guess, but you rarely care about their new records. But there are a couple of songs on that one. What's the one where he's walking down the again a bad album cover? He's walking down Very the bad, yeah. Walking down the oh, country shoot. road with a guitar um, case in his hand. Yeah, fair and square. Th- fair and square. There's it's a song a, on that. It's like one of his best songs. Crazy ever. as a loon. Yes. Or and the, that's in his like top fifteen songs he's ever written. And there's another one on there that I like a lot. <laughs> I can't recall the name. I, uh, I'll say it's. I didn't want to say ten. There's another song <laughs> on there that I like, like a lot. just as much as I like Crazy as a Loon. What's that? There's another song on there. This title's a save me because my brain is... I had some of this uh, this tincture that Allie plied me with. And, um, <laughs> Shout that's out help, to that's the white chestnut. And my, my, the my brain's a little slow, so I can't remember the, the song title. I'll link. I'll put it in the playlist. Um, but yeah, that record, which was his, I guess his last true solo record, has several songs that belong in the like on the playlist. Sure. It's amazing. He's the best. John Prine. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> John Prine's good. John Prine's good. Enoch Marshawn, only one who's ever said it. The whole thing about Bob Dylan saying he's good, that didn't happen. Just me. Allie, oh, cool. what do you got for us? From one end of the country rainbow, the bluegrass. We're just going to slide down oh, to the other end. We're going to get With our arms yeah. up. Like the, listener, slide. Ima- the listener's all imagining the country rainbow. They know what it looks like. Um. Yeah. So there's a boot with a spur on the end. Towards the other of it. end, some of the. <laughs> uh, don't land on that. Ouch. Owie. H. C. McIntyre uh, put out her, her first solo record, and it is country gospel, a little bit of rockabilly flair. Also on Merge Records, correct? Correct. It's a twofer. It's, it's a Merge Palooza. Merge Palooza. Yeah, it's called Lionheart, which I thought might have been a Kate Bush thing, but it's oh. not. I don't oh. that I could find out. Um, Explain for the listener. It's and also me, a Kate Bush. What does Lionheart mean for Kate Bush? <laughs> she has a record called Lionheart, but ah. um, Heather was just saying that it. What's so damn funny? What, what? <laughs> Explain for the listener and me. <laughs> Well, from what I could gather, it's not. It is um, truly just because it took a lot of courage for her to put this out. Um, it addresses a lot of really tough things to talk about, um, mostly concerning being queer and coming from a Southern Baptist family. Uh, in the press I've been reading, I learned that her parents worked for Billy Graham. Oof, woof. And um, she came out to them not too long ago, and I guess the relationship is maybe tumultuous, or maybe it's just kind of one of those, like, we don't talk about this kind of things. And it's addressed a lot in the record, and she wanted to make it country um, pretty much going strong, um, like, classic country yeah i would say it's a country record Mm -hmm. definitely yeah um because she grew up listening to hymns and country like almost exclusively and the 
themes that were addressed were never anything she could relate to. And so she wanted to kind of reshape the So there was not a mold. tear in her beer previously? Not a tear in her beer. <laughs> yeah, well, this is also one of the exciting... When we talked about, Matt was mentioning earlier, being a fan of genres that sometimes get stuck in ruts and you get so you get extra excited. But the new wave of people who love country music that have something else to talk about besides yeah. the same tears in their beers and these sort of things that get these retreads that get there's used a lot over of country again. cliches yeah and to have someone who's i mean her previous band or not previous band still in mount still mariah current. still mount yeah. mariah um but it's awesome to hear someone in this kind of music discussing more well, I guess worldly te- topics important yeah and and like Realizing you don't have to hide sort of things behind analogies and you can just be more explicit it's, about it and it's still be yeah. a country record. It's a really good genre for that stuff too because you can be very reflective and sentimental in country music and not come across as cheesy. Look, I'm so, this is best day of my life. Like, this is? Yeah. No. Whoa. But, okay. That might have, Congratulations. Might have been hyperbole, but um, whenever someone gives me the opportunity to possibly talk about Dwight Yoakam, I get pretty excited, which is what's just happened right now. So, because Dwight has so many songs that, like, if you on paper are soap operas, they're so melodramatic. There's like, here's a song that you know one of the lyrics is, uh, "Poor old lonesome me is the only friend I've ever had." Like that's a, like so ridiculous on paper but in the song if i wrote that if i wrote i was like Paul, I have, only, I'd sing, hey i'm writing this song what do you think of these lyrics you would laugh in my face and exactly. call it up and throw it yeah <laughs> and so but but yeah nathan's right like it the the genre of country music le- lends itself to romanticism and sentimentality and expressing and sometimes over expressing or not that she's being melodramatic but just the genre is open for this and yeah. I'm glad yeah, that someone really nice so good at it is, to, is doing it. Well, yeah. so, sometimes in rock music, it, it can feel preachy. And I feel like country music, it never comes across as that. It always kind of is heartfelt. It's it, good country music, at least. Yes. Um, there are also, there are a lot of superstars that appear on this record. I wanted to find superstars. the list. Garth Brooks? <laughs> I know that she does, as we mentioned earlier, to bring it full circle, talk about closing out a record. This is how you close out a record. People, the closing track on the I, my favorite song on this album is the last song. Is and that thought, "Dress in the Dark"? That's my favorite too. Song titles are not my strength. I'm sorry, but the the whatever the last song is, bam with a bullet. Great tune, and I thought it like really encapsulated like yeah the feel it's of much, the whole album. Yeah, it's it's moodier. It, it feels really cool. Yeah, a little bit darker. Um, yeah, that would that's my favorite. And then mm. I would also recommend checking out. No, I said it first actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That's it's my our favorite. favorite. Take it from us. And Quartz in the Valley is uh, my favorite of the two singles. But, um, oh, um, I have. M- before you continue, may I offer a bit of tid about about um, Heather McIntyre? She uh, one time sold some books to Nice Price Books and Records, thirty one oh six Hillsborough Street, Raleigh, North Carolina, two seven six oh seven. And uh, one of the bookmarks, bookmarks. One thing she'd saved a page with in her book was a napkin that she had written a bunch of lyrics on. It could have actually been a poem, I don't know. But I remember thinking I was thrilled because when we go through books, we sometimes find cool stuff, often find uh, Whole Foods receipts and boarding passes <laughs> and and shit like that. And so I was like, this is lyrics from a person who's in a band. Like it was yeah. one of the cool, but I also was like, hey, can we, we should let her know so she can come get these. Right. Uh, I believe she came and got them. 
and then it made it to the album, and she has you to thank. Yep, and I well, actually, I took a photo, <laughs> stole them, said they were my own, put them on in, online. Check, on, uh, check out my new record. Copyrighted them first. Yeah, copyrighted them first, sold them back to her for quite a pretty penny. This is the first one I've done with the cans on. We talked about it before. I'm not a huge fan. It's I love it. Almost better like I that. love them, too. I they just love cold, them. yeah? Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So, I want to bounce back in with this uh, one more fact. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do plenty. You got so, to chill. Kathleen Alley Hannah. Style. Yeah. Sink back, relax. Uh, yeah. But don't lose your breath. <laughs> we got to start over. Yeah, I've never been leaned back, relaxing, thinking, I'm short of breath. <laughs> I was like folded in half. I felt like a fucking folding chair. Folded. I was just like, oh, God, like my knees were on my fucking chin. Hey, Nathan, grab some bean. Time to pod. <laughs> Man, this is the life. <laughs> Nathan sitting on a yoga ball trying to podcast. <laughs> well, I can catch a breath. It's for my core. <laughs> yeah, just potting, doing some core exercises. <laughs> I still be in this tray. just stayed right in that little lip. Well, cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Kathleen Hanna is mentioned in the liner notes of this record for challenging me to make this record and being a study and inspiring sounding board. Whoa, so and they so buds? I dug a little deeper. Yeah, it turns out Kathleen Hanna was a big fan of Mount Mariah and had seen um, Heather do a solo performance and told her she needed to put out a solo record and oh. kind of guided her. So when Heather was uh, touring with Angel and they had a, a little bit of Angel extra who? time brag. in New York, Angel Olsen. Oh, is it a brag? That's she's not a brag. About the art. She's, <laughs> I guess she's as, though she, as if y'all Oh, like, as if we're tight. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, um, Angel texted me one time when she was on tour with Heather Mac. Like, yeah, that's just <laughs> not true. <laughs> Sorry, I threw you off. So, oh, f- um, oh, right. So when Heather was on tour with Angel Olsen and they had, who appears on this record, by the way, uh, singing in a couple of tracks. But um, it was the spare moment downtime they had in New York. Heather went to meet up with Kathleen Hanna, who, much to her surprise, had clipboards full of notes on all of her material and like uh, demo like well, I thoughts on demos and and for the listener who is Kathleen Hanna for the listener who may not know uh, Bikini Kill the Tigre right girl movement Julie queen Rowan. like the uh, not architect but Mount Rushmore yeah she spray painted Eric, girls like to the front of that of that movement Curse and, and the one of the sort of underrepresented like Rock icons, I think, of this era, probably. Well, I went to a girls' rock benefit that she had, that Kathleen had, Hannah's band headlined, where I'm pretty sure Mount Mariah also played. I think it was XX yeah. Mount Mariah. That makes sense. Oh yeah, because XX it, is on Merge as well. Maybe it was it was like a bunch of those bands, and Kathleen Hannah kind of took a second in the middle of their set to talk about her Durham ties, and she did have some time here. It sounded like right before the first um, La Tigre album. And she had a story about working with Chris Stamey of the DBs who helped either mix or master that album about how he, she had been to some other people who kind of like talked down to her, like kind of, uh, you know, did that whole fucking thing. Like, hey, these drums ain't supposed to sound like this, sweetheart, like that type of shit. And then um, Chris Stamey was very like, what do you want? How do you want? And it was very like wow. good to work with it sounded like. It sounded like she had some good memories about being in Durham. That's amazing. That's cool. I didn't know that. So that first thing she you said about the drum, that's a bad thing to say, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, you just want the... That, that, for the listener, <laughs> I know. They, they want, you, want your, uh, you want your teeth if kicked the, in. If the, band, <laughs> if the band wants it to sound one way, then that's probably how it should sound. Um, 
So Kathleen Hanna turns out to be a huge fan. Got to thank you. Other people on the record. Yeah. Um, well, I already mentioned Angel Olsen, Tift Merritt, a local legend. Um, John Prine. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amy Ray, Mary Lattimore. Um, I saw I, her do harp. Do harp. Play her harp. <laughs> I saw her she do did harp. harp. <laughs> do do harp. Man, you do that harp good. I saw her play the harp at a uh, podcast performance for Criminal. It was oh, awesome. Oh, Phil Cook. Phil Cook. Now him I know. Yeah. Famous. William Tyler as well. Ah, who Nathan pretended the to be. The list goes on and on. At the cover-up recently. <clears throat> yep. Did you, do, right. uh, did you dress like him and everything? That's the whole thing. Is I ha- kind of had like a corduroy blazer on. Okay, I wasn't... Which I, was, I kind of think of as a William Tyler thing in Silver Juice. Okay, and I, I'm sure. not being facetious. Is that his vibe? I saw some live videos where he was dressed pretty similar to that, yeah. Nice. It's a good vibe. So, this is a sort of, not an all-star record, certainly, but she had some, the people who, who she just happens to have very cool, talented friends. Yeah, which it just also, seems like a fun kind of way to get everybody involved in, in a project. Of that's a good vibe for country records. That's how like, yeah. a lot of them work out, I feel like. Yeah, well, exactly. And it's interesting, too, because it, it's then such a heavy record, but like maybe a fun, heavy record. Like the songs are heavy, like the the material, right? But then you balance it with the people that are making it or enjoying it with yeah. themselves. It's not like a total bummer city. Yeah, situation. and it was a no pressure kind of thing. You know, she took she took her time with it and recorded it as much of it as she could during tour with Angel, and in and around that. Cool. And the name of the album again, Lionheart. Lionheart. H. C. McIntyre's Lionheart, also uh, a very good album cover. Oh, you like it. Yeah, I'm a fan. Cool. Oh, uh, something we want to do. Nature scene. One of the things I like to do is how someone should listen to a record. Oh. We've talked about this before with... I think mine mine goes without saying. Burn one. (laughs) Burn it So you've got your Holly Cook in one hand, you've got your Binger in the other. (laughs) Nathan, No Age. How do you listen to No Age? Um, This No Age. I meant to mention this, actually. I think it sounds... I'm I'm not one of these guys. I think it actually sounded better on vinyl i think there was a, a distinct difference from when i was listening to it i on am Apple one of these music. guys and i'm, I, happy I'm normally this. like i just listen to whatever is the easiest at the time if i'm at the house lots of times i'll do records but otherwise i'm pretty heavy on stream even at the house i got a lot of bluetooth shit so yeah. but i thought this one Brag. specifically That's <laughs> I, I thought this one specifically hair. sounded better on vinyl and it kind of made me even think of it more as a drag city record Nice. Well, I was it has a nice bright this. sticker that says "No digital download included." <laughs> That's right on the yeah. record. I'll say that. <laughs> um, I and I, I, as far as the whole vinyl uh, debate goes, one of the things for me is the like I like to listen, when I listen to, to music, I listen to a lot of it at work, borderline mindlessly. Like whatever's nearest is what gets played a lot because I can't pay that much of attention to it. Um, so when I'm home, I like the process. That's a big part of it for me. Is getting the record, putting the record on, dropping the needle, sitting down, reading a book, or doing whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, and that in, that that helps add to the enjoyment for me. Um, with that said, these John Prine records, vinyl, yes, I would suggest, play them. I'm going to go screen door closed, front door open. <laughs> Does that make sense? And I would say 3 o'clock afternoon, warm outside, and then... Certainly, like a, if you do drink a Miller Lite, um, that's what I would suggest. Like, because it is like it's warm. I mean, granted, it's cold now, so I got to talk about it. But like, 
I can't wait till it's warm out and I can really play the hell out of these records. And I, not too early, but not not night. These, these aren't nighttime records. These are like three, three o'clock. Yeah, after, is I think the best. A couple time. of them though are like uh, a couple of them are clanking a beer glass in the bar after you're half lit. Though. Or oh, top well, down of a Porsche. <laughs> let's be honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, yeah, I could look if I was at the on the gallows talking. To an executioner, I'm like, yeah, this, this is a pretty good time listening to this record because um, I, I love them that much. But if I'm doing ideal, that's what I'm going for. Allie, H.C. McIntyre, what do you think is the ideal listening experience? I think I had it because I was driving up to Asheville and put that record on, and it was sort of perfect. A lot of the go. imagery in the album is from the Asheville area. Maybe I'll listen to it tomorrow. Yeah. There we That'll go. Be my first I mean, taste, because I admittedly have not listened people, to this. People helping people, you know. Seamless. So there, you, folks, you know how to listen to it, um, and you know what to listen to. Poolside, spleef, <clears throat> sunshine, tropical drinks, <laughs> rum, rum-based drinks with umbrellas and big fat spleef. DJ bug spray turns <laughs> yeah, Mac McGon the, <laughs> the Hurricanes maniac, um, the white indie rocker <laughs> playing records. So, uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to listen to Vessel of Love by Holly Cook. And then we're going to come back with some plugs and some closeout and some more chit-chat. Um, check it out. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy it, as does Matt Phone. He thinks you'll love it. Be right back.
now that you're all relaxed after hearing that hearing that smooth sultry beautiful breezy jam vessel of love we're gonna keep cruising here and ride out with a new segment at least to me maybe new is it is this a first time are we doing fantasy football first or are we doing uh, they're both new to me but is are, let's do fantasy football into we'll do fantasy okay. football first so uh folks you know how this goes we pick an album that has not been reviewed by pitchfork yet <laughs> and we guess ahead of time what we think they're going to score it and whoever does the best is the best and wins um what do we win a lot of stuff just gobs of it you can't even believe it so week one um <laughs> Despite Allie's, despite Allie's best efforts to prices right me, <laughs> I got it exactly correct. Ty Siegel's Freedom's Goblin got it 8.1, which is what I guessed. There's a hundred possible numbers. Subs, and I guessed the exact one. Before we go to the new one, yep. what I've never heard this segment before. Yep. I've never done this segment right, before. R.I.P. Madphone. Um, now that you know that, now that you know what the score was, mm-hmm. uh, what do you do you agree no i i would score it higher i think it's higher of, i i think it's one of his best records huh i actually feel bad because we didn't talk about it much on that episode it was our first episode back from our hiatus um for matt that'd be a h-i-g-h hiatus um <laughs> and we it, I, my nemesis was in the room i was a little thrown off and it was kind of a wacky episode in general and so I didn't talk at length about the record as much as I wanted to, but I, I really love the record. It's one of my favorite ones he's ever done, maybe my favorite of his. I've been listening wow. to the shit out of it. I've been listening to it a ton. I guess I need to give it another chance. I don't know. It's He's one of those guys where it's... He's one of those guys. What, 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 I, 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 I won't hold it against anybody. Ty Seagull. Oh, yeah. Ty I, haven't, I haven't heard shit. the new one either. Seagull. Damn, Seagull. I tried is real hard. Man, is this man's last name? <laughs> Who's been making records for like... Over Steven's a decade. Half, <laughs> half the damn episode is me trying to figure it out. I got so bad that once I got it right, I thought I had gotten it wrong. Yeah. I was like, oh, damn, it's not Came Seagull, it's Seagull. It. <laughs> yeah, it went crazy. Anyway, um, I guess 8.1, got it right, no big deal. Next episode, which um, we did, we were guessing scores for the new Ought record, which a band I love, and I, I've heard the singles, and I really, really, really like them, but we have, I haven't even heard the whole record yet. But the whole point of this game is we know that it doesn't matter if you hear the record. With pitchfork scores, really, <laughs> you're just guessing off of the narrative and the, the taking the temperature of the of that bizarre media storm that they are. So uh, there was varying. I guess the seven point six. I, I called it the classic pitchfork seven point six. There was a seven point eight in the mix. Gray guessed six point four, I believe. Allie went crazy. <laughs> I initially guessed at nine point four. I talked to. I was like, that's like what. Like the fact that we're calling him classic seven point eights make me want like want to roll my eyes out of my fucking head. Yeah, well that, that we were, <laughs> well that my the, point the old being, pitchfork classic. That's seven, what they eight. do is they say like, hey, here's a record. We, I know we don't want to be mean, mean just, but here's a seven point six. I just can't. Well, it sounds like yeah. you're gonna lose at fantasy football. Then I didn't know that they. <laughs> no, they I'm gonna go crush into the it. Nines very much. I didn't realize. Yeah, Allie gave it a higher score than like Kendrick's ever gotten. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, like yeah, oh, I'm sure it'll probably be pretty good. Maybe a nine point four. We're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like the white album got a nine. I don't basically. Like, what are you talking stuff. about? Um, so with that in mind, we're gonna go throw a little bit of a little bit of a, a knuckleball into the mix for our third week of fantasy football. We're gonna go with the new um, I believe it's Justin Timberlamp. Is it how do you pronounce it? That's right. It's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the Justin, new Justin Timberlamp the new Justin Timberlamp record I honestly cannot recall the name of it I Man think, of the Woods Man of the Woods 
Um, oh yeah, I saw this fucking video. He's wearing a flannel yeah, shirt. Yeah, I know JT, that titles, guy from the woods. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the ultimate title is fur lined jacket. It looks like that I bought. Iver. Cost a lot. In the woods. Um, who so you, who you, Bob Iver? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a DP dough here for Bob Iver. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so JT's man of the woods. Everyone, think of your score now. So, you, so we don't all get influenced I got by, I got by it the locked person. in, baby. I know what I, I've got mine locked in. I'm not going to, I know exactly what I'm going to guess. Nathan, what is your fantasy football score for Justin Timberlake? I'm going to go, I think they, that it's going to be a 2.3. I think it's going to be a stinker. <sighs> Stinky. 2.3. They have been trash. I think everyone has. Everyone has. I, I know this that. It's like, going to be a universally hated album. The disease cancer would get a four. I haven't listened to a song, but I think it's going to be one of those ones where they kind of like, Trash. I've listened to one song called Supplies. It was terrible, and mainly the hook. There just isn't one. It's one of those like this is where a chorus is. Which Trust we said me, we liked. We said we liked that earlier. Well, we, we said th- no. It has a chorus. It's just a terrible one. Oh, got it. No. So <laughs> hook is what I'm saying. Can't go back yeah. on that. So, um, but I'm gonna go with a five point five <laughs> for this record. So we got a two point three, five point five. Matthew, why am I last? You're not last. Or I mean, why last. am I not last? Okay, doesn't matter All who, right. Allie. All right. <laughs> I'm not uh, trying to get prices right. Knowing what I know, which is <laughs> I said <nothing>. memorize it. <laughs> I haven't memorized. Doesn't mean okay. Oh, you think Allie's gonna <laughs> prices right? <laughs> Allie's got I a reputation. Right? No, I had to memorize. Sorry. So, <laughs> Fucking dirty player over here, Ali B. All right, Ric Flair cheat to win. Um, Okay, what if I go? What do we have so far? Two point three. No, you memorize it. You are doing it. You're actively asking how to cheat. I told you. All right, now I take it back. Matt's right. You're terrible. Has hey, anybody wh- wh- done a? Um, hey, what do you guys have? What? <laughs> has anybody done a four point four? Has anyone? No. no. <laughs> the two people. Hey, can I get our uh, hands for four point four? I've been focusing on the space heater. <laughs> yeah. Spacing out with the yeah, space Allie's heater. Yeah, Ali is lost in the sauce of the of the space heater. The white chestnut. All right, so Ali got a four point four. Correct. Four point four. Five point five from me. Two point three from Nathan. Matt Stone. Six point nine. <laughs> <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Yes. He after he said that, people he mouthed the word nice <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners. I gave myself a high five. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it, now he did the thing where he did his he pounded himself and then made them both explode. The, I'm saying I'm saying six nine for LOLs, but I don't think it's going to be as trash as you think it is. I think they're going to try to sort to. Uh, I feel like they're going to try to word it in a way to make it sound like, yeah, the the public might on first listen think this is garbage, but <laughs> they're going to they're, they're try to make you think he's doing something new or like mm-hmm. there's going to be something about it that they're going to want to push on you. All right, and then and then the and then fucking squares are going to be like six months from now are going to be like, you know what? I kind of like it now. I'm gonna like I can see it being one of those. Six point nine, five point five, four point four, two. I have not heard in I, order. I've heard one song. It's the one with Christopher Stapleton. We all agree. And that you was, don't need to hear any of the songs. I I and just so I don't know what this is going to end up sounding like. I don't. I just think. They they can't. I, I think, no, I think I haven't heard any of the songs either. I think they're not going to be able to help, but like kiss his ass a little bit. So six point nine seems like a, a fair hey, fair to middle. Look, score. this is fantasy football. We don't know. Well, anyway, so since the Justin Timberlake album came out last week, we figure we're going to do one lightning round, just in case, of a record coming out today, which is the Palm record. I, we all wrote them down this time. So no, so this is what we call the <laughs> Ali B method rule. <laughs> this is Ali B protection because she's. 
a cheater and she wants to price this right all of us and go just one decimal point less than us or one decimal point more. Seems a bit ridiculous. So now we write them all down just in case. So <laughs> that's I'll my s- idea. I'll s- oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they get you. Like it could have been. It's like clue. Like it could have been me. I'm the one who said we should look yeah. for the killer. Allie over here gaslighting us all. Yeah, she's over here got a bloody <laughs> candlestick. Did it in the library, Colonel Mustard. Uh. All right. I'll start. I wrote this down. I believe the new Palm album is going to get an 8.5, and I'll go a step further. I said BNM Best New Music. Ooh. That's what I say for the new Palm album. I said 8.2, and I also said Best New oh. Music. And now we should we should get bonus points if we get the Best New Music. Also, I haven't figured out the actual scoring of this. I've just been saying it's fantasy football, but <laughs> I'm sure fantasy we can figure Fantasy football. It out. Nothing, nothing about this is. All right, Matt. What do you got on this palm record? What'd you write down? Six point nine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing a theme here. It's a safe bet. It's a safe yeah, guess. Yeah, so Pitchfork is reviewing uh, Sergeant Pepper's this year. We uh, ask him about Matt. What do you think? So? Six point nine, baby. Fucking <laughs> give me a break. All right, Allie B. What do you got for this? I can't see that little God. Seven. Give me a binoculars. What? It's really big. It's oh, that's. I thought those were dashes. I think they're like separate. 7.1. <laughs> Allie comes in with 7.1. I will point out only two decimal points higher than Matt's. Pretty close. It's in the neighborhood of a Price is Right, <laughs> right. situation. <laughs> You're just sad. Just what happens if they get a 7.0 is that they'll both win somehow. Hell yeah. So, folks, you heard it here first. That's how you play fantasy football. I think I'm probably going to be the one winning that round of fantasy football because. According to the charts, Wednesday is my day. The charts, huh? What, which <laughs> charts are these? Is this the Billboard charts? Astrology charts. Today's uh, charts or next one, a week new, from today? My new thing. Uh, not actually, not really charts. I guess they're just facts about signs. Facts. I might argue that. Uh, here we go. So as uh, <laughs> the science of, of the signs. Here we go <laughs> with Ali B. As if it's crazy <laughs> to suggest that maybe astrology is hocus pocus bullshit. Well, I really started getting into it when I'm editing all of us talking, and I realize that I'm always extremely. I'm just a different character every show, and you're all the same. More Could normies? it be because your signs, Leo, Taurus, and Taurus? I believe, right? Yes. How did you know that? Looked it up. Because I'm a Taurus. <laughs> Looked it up. Uh, and those are all fixed signs. What is I'm a fixed Gemini, sign I'm for mutable. those I don't. I'm st- I'm figuring all of this out as I go, but it means that you you're kind of sturdier in your character, and um, you're less likely to make changes. And you're a Gemini. Mm-hmm. What 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 does that one look like? I know Taurus is a Taurus is a bull to finish your train of thought. Ah, correct. Okay, so we're a bull. You're just twins. I'm just twins. Hmm. What is to you is just bullshit. Yep. (laughs) Oh, and it was just this is. You'll have to recap us. Do you feel different after the Leo Moon this morning? (laughs) Give me a. I guess I do. I do feel a little different. Hey Nathan, I did wake up. I woke up this morning. I, do you I'm not feel kidding. different after the Leo moon this morning? I woke up this morning and I oh, walked yeah. outside while it was fucking happening. So I woke up at like five. I while slept on the couch. What was happening? Yeah, while the moon existed. Well, there was like a there was like a whole fucking. It was, there was, a, like, there was like a part blue, part red, part. <laughs> this is a, 
It was a wild Hang night, on. man. You're telling me that but, this morning there was a yeah, part I red, an alarm part for blue like eclipse six moon. This morning. Yeah, yeah, some some shit like that. But I, I so I woke up. No I woke up exactly while it was happening, rails. and I took my dog out because uh, I don't know. I just always shout take my dog Bo. out when, when yeah, shout out to Bo Diddley. Um, whenever he's whenever I wake up, I just take him out just in case because I never know if he's the one that woke me up. But then I found out that it was the, the exact fucking time that this the thing was happening. Thanks, Leo yeah. Moon. That's trippy. That's I, in the stars. I lost control of myself because I just knew what Enix's reaction was going to be. As you said, you feel differently. The way you said after it was the like, Leo Moon this morning. I, can just, I mean, you're, you're tripping. Like you're you're talking about it. Like it's just so assumed and real, and it's. He says he felt different. Hey, I might have felt different. He, felt different? <laughs> he, he didn't say he felt different. He said, he I guess like, I did. Uh, and she's like, oh, hey, Nathan, but just a reminder, the Leo moon this morning. And then well, magically, no, he's I was like, thinking about the fact, as a matter of fact, I, I woke know, up as I no, always I didn't know that do. Was a Leo moon. It took my dog out like I always do. I, I didn't know it was a Leo moon, but then I, I thought that th- that was happening tonight because it said on the 31st. I argue there's And not then a- somebody said, no, the 31st was this morning. Like it was like after midnight this morning. So you actually, it was at 5 a.m. last night or whatever time it was. And I was like, holy fuck, that's exactly when I was. Uh, it, so, Hell yeah. It's like Groundhog's Day, man. And I didn't know it was a Leo moon. Now I know why I woke up. Yeah. Oh. It's in the blood. Now I know why I woke up. <laughs> it was the spark of the Leo moon. Shout out. Give me a fucking break. I mean, to hell with this shit. If y'all honestly think. I mean, am I like? I feel like I'm in a like a like a then the why crazy I wake up? House. Then why did I wake up exactly at that time? For any number of other dozen reasons that your lunatic ass wakes up. Probably because you like. Uh, time to go to bed. Let me get a double espresso, and then like. <laughs> And then that's probably why, because you do crazy and weird things sometimes. And you, maybe it was your dog, by the way. You still don't know that. And there's Leo Moon that you didn't even know existed until like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's so crazy. You mentioned that, that wouldn't have caused him or not caused him to wake up. To be fair, if he didn't, whether or not he. Knew I'm saying if she is, if it worked. Here's maybe what I'm saying. 40 something. days from now, she's like, hey Nathan, do you feel different because the Leo Moon? Like, oh, I do feel different because the Leo Moon. I, I I totally forgot. This is crazy. You mentioned that, and they just say some other weird shit because it any day it could be. You see what I'm saying? Astrology isn't real. God All right, damn. Then I mean, I feel like this. The, like oh. it, we're we're getting this this commentary from somebody who's probably researched it the least. Ooh, hot I, take. <laughs> That's such an insane. I've also haven't researched the flat Earth very much, and I know it to be like utter bullshit. What, Allie, what were you saying? I'm sorry. About, uh, then explain this. This was your burn you're going to give me? Weaknesses. Stubborn. That's not true. Possessive. <laughs> uncompromising. Here's I'll say those weaknesses. Accurate or not. Who knows? No one, no one knows. No one has anything to say. Um, but it, let's say they are accurate. I think you could say that about like a huge percent of the population, not Tauruses. And everyone would be like, yeah, me too. Probably like, mostly Tauruses, though. Also explain this. Why do you like music? <laughs> Everyone <laughs> likes music, you horse's ass. That's not a fair... Oh, it says here you like being comfortable. So obviously, if God is real. And uh, romance. Ooh, you got a wife. Got an only married person got in the room. a wife. Does yeah. have a wife. A lot of kids. Only a married person in the room. I'm not comfortable with this line of, this line of, <laughs> of discussion. High quality clothes. 
I'm in the long lasting, well constructed, I'm in the bottom five of dressers that many of my friends. Maybe I don't believe in astrology anymore. He looks like a damn hobo. No one thinks I dress well. Dislikes sudden changes. I mean, that's anyone. <laughs> I don't know, man. No one says, okay, no, heads up, heads up, we're not doing that. Like, no one likes that. Uh, synthetic fabrics. <laughs> How do you feel about those? <laughs> I don't we, need, we need a nice price podcast exclusive. Enoch Marchant. How do you feel about synthetic fabrics? <laughs> That'll be a bonus episode <laughs> coming uh, out Wednesday. D- define a mini-sode. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with it. Polyester and shit, that's fine. You heard it here first. Mm. He's fine with polyester. Facts are stacking up against him. This is infuriating. <laughs> Dealing with these morons. The stubbornness that you're exhibiting right now is a classic tourist. Dislikes complications. No one likes complications. That's ridiculous. Man, there's nothing better than a couple of obstacles in the way of my, my, my end game here. Some people thrive on a good challenge. Challenges and comp. Oh God! This is what I'm, this is my nightmare is that I'm stuck in this this it's three of y'all against me, me and reason, and then the three of y'all. It's a complicated thing. It isn't real. There's a lot to it. <laughs> For the listeners um, who might who are still here, um, <laughs> for the the ones who think our astrology are real, uh, you know, astrology are real. Uh, <laughs> hey, look! Astrology are real. Groundhog's Day. We're we're making a lot of things new today that we're we're coining. We're coining a phrase. Um. Thanks for listening again. Thanks for getting back. This is our first real ep of 2018. I feel like since we got the whole crew together, whole bands back in town. Matt Phone it's good to be back. back from the dead. Ali B back from the dead. Um. I mean Nathan's here. Whatever. Um. Damn. Mm. Uh, no, thanks to Nathan. He's now a three-time? Yep. Is that the most? No, Kevin's probably the most. Kev's always the most. <sighs> Kev is always the most? Well, he's got that one more than everyone, <laughs> and until anyone... Yeah. Because he, he's already been on the pod this year. You, were there, you weren't there, RIP Matt Phone. Hell, he might have more than me at this point. <laughs> good. That's a good point. Um, actually, how about this, listener? Let us know. Should it be Matt or Kevin on the podcast? Hey, I don't like this. <laughs> Kidding, of course. Um, thanks for listening. Classic tours. Uh... Matt, what was your record? Holly Cook, Vessel of Love. Um, I spoke about the two John Prine records, Diamonds in the Rough and Sweet Revenge. Nathan? No Age Snares Like a Haircut. Allie, what would you do? What did you do? H.C. McIntyre's Lionheart. And uh, back to Nathan, before we're out of here, or after we're out of here, we're going to close us out. What was the track? Send Me. Send Me by No Age from their new record. We're going to play us out with that. Um, do we have plugs? I'm getting there. Oh. Matt, Matt hasn't been here in a while. Forgive him, listeners. <laughs> um, before we dip out, after we've already done our fantasy football times two, we've Allie read uh, whatever it was, some fiction. Um, <laughs> Matt, what, what have you got? What's your plugs for this week? Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily for this week, but coming up, coming up. That's right, not this week. Apologies. Um, Return of Debt, a band I'm in. Uh with a couple of people who you might recognize from working at your favorite bars in town. Uh, I have a show on February 25th with a L.A. band on Castle Face Records. Shout out to John Dwyer and the OCs called Prettiest Eyes, mm-hmm. which I don't really know anything about them. Wasn't a fan of the name when I first read it, but then Kate or better heard worse. <laughs> uh, anyway, turns out they rip. And Is Prettiest Eyes better or worse than Oingo Boingo? <sighs> it's hard to say, really. <laughs> <laughs> Those band names that are just embedded into your head. 
uh, yeah. Anyway, nice to have a first. Nice to have a show again to practice for because we'd been pretty lazy. And the Dinwiddies, as mentioned before, cross promotion with Nathan Convoy at Schrader Show early March the fourth. Still your plug. He said he had a couple plug theft. He said he had a couple. Um, and then I'm also playing a couple other shows with Convoy potentially. I'm having stuff in practice with him, but <laughs> turns out he's in the um, band. I think uh, I might be in convoy I'm now. Playing, I'm playing the <laughs> Snug Harbor show. Me and Dave Dave Mueller are both playing the Snug Harbor show with Omni and Patois counselors. Oh, and then we're pl- shit. I'm playing like two other shows, and one of those is the Ed Schrader show. God. And um, my microphone's taking. Did a you beat. want to kick Mike uh, Matt's <laughs> microphone real quick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and sure, we got a pretty good karate chop earlier. And, and also potentially. Um, for Hopscotch, we have a Groundhog Day sale. It's our second pre-sale, our last pre-sale. Wait, ground? What is we, it? It's going on sale. We have oh, a Groundhog pre- Day. Groundhog Day? Dog, it's, I still say the Walmart, so you can't fucking <laughs> like clown me for Groundhog's Day. <laughs> um, but we have a pre-sale starting. It started on Groundhog Day, and potentially there might still be tickets right now. I have no idea. The, the first one we did sold out like... Instant. It's, it was like five minutes, yeah. It was infuriating in, in some ways because... Uh, hey, we thought that it was going to last. They normally because, last for like a couple of all the days. Tweets. Yeah, it, it was a lot of social media <laughs> stuff. Look, to, if you want us. them, get them. Don't but, talk um, about it. Be about it, people. So mm-hmm. we're putting out a couple hundred. It's like six hundred total. They might still be on sale now. I don't know. The first one sold out like super fast. So um, right. if they are, go ahead and get them now. It's the cheapest they'll be for the rest of the year. I uh, don't have much of a plug. I'm going to mention. Um, friend of the show, previous guest of the show, Amos Baines, Walt Baines' boy. He uh, he has a podcast previously mentioned, Let's Review Everything. He and his friend Blake, they attempt to review everything. Um, uh, Matt, I believe you've already recorded One here? episode at a time. Everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> and uh, you've done an episode, correct? Yes. Which one? It's about chain restaurants. There you go. I, I'm going to be doing an episode. I'm going to save my subject just in case it changes and also just for a little, you know, mystery. Um, but uh, it's I think a good I think they're probably all on all the same things we are. Yes, they're on iTunes, iTunes. and I think we might be on Spotify soon, hmm. because that got added to it. It's a new possibility for us. But um, go to iTunes, check out Let's Review Everything. There's another stupid podcast in the Triangle about rock and roll music. It's dumb. It's called Pavement Enslavement. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even bother with it. But like, if you want to, you can. It's, it's up there. I also might have a cookout at my house for the Super Bowl if anybody here wants to go. So, Plug. there might be a cookout that happened a week ago. Tomorrow? <laughs> Tripping. All right. Um, Allie, what about your plugs? Um, I don't know that I have you just did a bunch week. of You just did a big run of shows, yeah. so a lot of your plugs are gone. Fresh, up, fresh off the road. We did just book the first Lilac show. Yeah, do you remember the date? I think it's in May. It's May something, I don't know. It's, oh. one of, it's a sidewalk slam. It's, I think it's May 12th. May 12th, yep, Double that's check. what it is. That band's coming back? Sure? We're, we're going to play some shows. Bringing huh. it back. And there's also... And Allie's in the band. As far as what? Oh, exclusive yeah, sorry, breaking news. That is an exclusive. I th- no, it's not. Sam, Sam made posted it, it on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, wait, you went on another podcast and told me. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to stay to things. Um, but uh, also uh, something fun for to bring all the listeners together or people on the show in Dabby Road. Soon, you're gonna be in here working with the Born Agains. Also known as Alan and Gray yeah. from the R.I.P. Mark E. Smith episode. Friends of the pod. Friends of the pod, guests of the pod. Um, that's just a fun thing. Yeah, and Dabby Road soon to be open for potentially more recordings where we have 
Jenny Bazette, Lonnie Walker, Born Again's all recording in the next like two months. So and if it a, works out, we might have more. And there's another soon. podcast yeah. that's going to be recording here. We, we have a price. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> uh, also, gotta move um, these units. I had one other thing. Shit. Just jumped in and then jumped out of my head. Um, oh, I don't know. Well, anyway, um, get out edit of my out, head out. and back in my head. Um, that's edit a, all that out. God damn it all. Leave that in. It? That's a perfect way to end it. Just what was I thinking? Just cut it right there. What was <laughs> I thinking? Whoa, like, suspense for the next episode. <laughs> Lightning <laughs> strikes. I have the cure for cancer. Thunder. <laughs> well, hey, folks, thanks for listening to the Nice Price podcast. Um, it's a lot of fun us to make for it. some it's a lot of fun hopefully for, the four for of us it's fun for me i hope it's fun for y'all if it is let us know and again reminder if, it, if you don't enjoy it please don't tell us um listen to the podcast tell us you like it go on our instagram we sometimes upload photos that give context to some of the things we talk about um it's fun this is fun uh, you don't sound so sure. So fun. I keep waiting for. <laughs> so um, fun. I keep waiting for someone. To, this is so Taurus. To tell me well, that he has yeah, a thing. Yeah. Uh, I was waiting for you to throw to me. Okay. I was waiting for you to like. Two Tauruses. I, I think you're gonna hop. Yeah, there's a two Tauruses button horns here. See, you're getting it now. <laughs> Fuck this shit. Well, we'll fight. Like they always say, <laughs> Tauruses or otherwise. Every job is a self-portrait of the person who does it. Autograph your work with doinks. <laughs> Whoa! That's a good reaction! I forgot it was going to be a doink thing. I was like, damn, you never know what's going to hit. Nice! I forgot it was a doink I love that. Should I go?